0: Welcome back everybody. This is episode 28 of the Clappercast. It's November 11th, 2019, and I am Burke and I'm Sean and we got a lot to talk about. There was some juicy news that came out today, so I think that's probably where we should start off the episode, eh. Yeah,
1: absolutely. That's kind of the biggest the biggest news in the hockey world right now, so we'll uh we'll stay topical and get right into it.
0: Yeah. So Sportsnet announced today that uh, they would be parting ways with longtime correspondent, <laughs> if you want to call him that, Don Cherry. Um, so Grapes finally got himself fired. It was kind yeah, of a matter of time. But, yeah. It wasn't uh, it was an
1: if it was when. To be honest. Yeah. And even even if he uh, even if he left on his own terms per se, it was still going to be well. They just they obviously didn't bring you back for a reason. Yes, he would have kept doing it until the very end if it were up to him.
0: It was kind of a delayed response a bit um, because originally Sportsnet came out and had that very corporate, you know, we don't agree with Don's comments statement. And it was very like, very soft.
1: Their initial statement basically, like you can tell where where their focus was because it started out with saying that it doesn't reflect Sportsnet views. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're obviously like it's just covering their own side of it. They don't really, they didn't really seem to care about what was actually said. It's just like, oh yeah, we don't agree with that, and that's that's their main focus.
0: That's Don being Don, exactly. Ron McLean apologized. Um, what
1: was that last night? Yeah, he gave he gave a he gave a bit of a solo apology on hometown hockey on Sunday, um, the day after it happened, which in typical. Yeah, in typical Ron McLean fashion, it was a fairly, um, I'll say, eloquent. He uses <laughs> a lot of a lot of very, um, I don't. know, it Seems like higher class literature and and references and stuff in what he says. Yeah, so it was a talk- it was a very Ron McLean statement, but he acknowledged he acknowledged that he just sat by and let it happen, and uh, to be honest, what this brought forth for me is that we've realized how Ron McLean got through like the thirty or forty years of being beside Don Cherry. He doesn't actually pay attention to what Don's saying at any given time. Yeah, and you can't he blame him. Just kind of sits there and nods.
0: <laughs> I mean, I I can't fault Ron McLean too much because over the years, Cherry has said a lot of weird shit. So yeah, um, you know, Ron's kind of just used to that. So it's not like he has any obligation to step in right away and say, "Hey, you know what? You crossed the line," because that's yeah. um, that's just kind of how Courthouse Corner went.
1: Yeah, and you know. Hindsight's 2020. 20. Like, is he really going to step in and say anything on live TV? Probably not. But he's at least acknowledged his place in it, and he's given his own seemingly sincere apology. That yeah, he sat by and let it happen. That wasn't right.
0: Yeah. Um. FYI, I am watching the Capitals and Coyotes game right now. So if I'm a little bit distracted, that's why uh, Ekman Larson just went down with a bit of a high hit. I think so. Um. Sorry to get off topic there. But keep an uh, eye on that. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, um today SportsNet came out and fired Cherry on Remembrance Day, which is some salt in the wound because the whole thing was over Grapes' comments about people not wearing poppies, specifically yep. immigrants to Canada not taking part in Canadian culture and respecting yep. our culture. Um, I don't there's an interesting a thing that came out in the Toronto sun. I'm not really familiar if the Toronto sun is like basically a tabloid or not, but somebody from there, it's not a very
1: quality um, paper or whatever it is.
0: Somebody from there said they spoke to cherry about his firing. And he said, there's this quote, um, being fired on Remembrance day does hurt because I would have liked to continue doing coach's corner. The problem is if I have to watch everything I say, it isn't coach's corner. Um, I agree with that a bit. And that's kind of his shtick is like, you know, hot takes and some controversial opinions. But that to me extends only to hockey. Yes. You know, if you're starting to talk about society as a whole, that's not really why you're on Coach's Corner.
1: Exactly.
0: So he's always been a large proponent of the military and, you know, respecting veterans and arm, current Armed Force service members. Um, so this is kind of like right in line with him especially being you know such an older person Um, but there's really no place for that on on a sports no no because that's where where
1: his thing is right it's yeah it's it's hockey and yeah his his hot takes on hockey have always been very hot but that's kind of that was a shtick there that was his shtick in hockey. And you want to keep doing that because you're in the hockey show? Okay, go ahead. But you're starting to he's starting to really push on a lot of boundaries with what is and isn't okay to publicly say on national TV. And even, even in his hockey coverage over the years has been questionable at times. But now he's gone beyond hockey and into a full-on cultural thing, which is just way beyond the realm of what he was there for.
0: Yeah, you you aren't getting your uh, social news from John Cherry who's got his finger on the pulse of Canadian society?
1: <laughs> Not quite.
0: Um, I mean, I, I get what his message probably was, is for more people to wear poppies and to respect, you know, the military and the sacrifices that so many people have made for for Canada and across the world. But to single out a certain demographic is never really a great idea. Um, yes, <laughs> um, um, and it's it kind of defeats his purpose uh, the purpose of the whole thing. So
1: he could have made like a really really passionate and impactful speech about like the importance of the symbol of the poppy, like what its history is in a country, what it means to the identity of the country, and how it's developed over the last century. Yeah, but instead he he didn't just make a statement about that about the poppy in general. He had to specifically say you people. He had to say you people who come to this country, you people who come to this land and enjoy our milk and honey. And that's where the issue is that yeah. he's not just, he's just singling out
0: well, he's just and being calling xenophobic.
1: degrading others. Yeah. He's being xenophobic, racist, whichever, whichever you want to call it. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of where a lot of the issue is because it's, he could have made a decent speech about the importance of the symbol, but the way he singled people out, not to mention, as we were talking before, how that's not even related to hockey anymore.
0: No, but it's always been part of his, He's always done a big Remembrance Day thing and he always honors, you know, veterans and people. When we were in Afghanistan, he was always, you know, bringing up people who unfortunately were killed in action or or hurt, injured in action. And he's gone over to Afghanistan to visit troops and, you know, he's done a lot for the military and stuff. And I get where he's coming from, but Mm -hmm. he's, he's crossing over into old man yelling at cloud territory. So, yeah. I mean, I don't. I, I honestly stuff. don't know if he's gonna be gone for good. Maybe from Sportsnet, but I feel like he's he's gonna be relevant
1: still. <laughs> I In think some he's... way, there'll probably be somewhere. Some way he'll find himself back into back into the light limelight somewhere.
0: Yeah, the tinfoil hat inside of me. <laughs> um, you know, we saw Sportsnet kind of clean house before the season began. They mm-hmm. they fired a lot of people. So I'm wondering if they were just waiting for something.
1: I would be surprised. I mean, you can't just like, because didn't it it almost came out over the summer that he, his contract wasn't going to be renewed, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because, exactly. and
1: they were about to do that, but the backlash from all of us saying you can't just not do that to someone who's basically an institution in hockey. So they yeah. kind of backtracked and said, oh yeah, we're going to bring him back for another year or whatever.
0: Yeah. Good so, call.
1: They clearly, they apparently wanted like him not to come back, so they just needed something to like finally pull the trigger. Yeah,
0: that would make sense to me because, if, I mean, not to say that this is a he's getting off light or this was a you know tough call for them. It was a pretty easy one to to dismiss him over this, but um, I think they were they probably would have been looking for just anything, yeah, um, just to just get rid of him because um, I don't know if, how expensive he would be as an employee because he doesn't you know work very much but he's been with the comp the organization or he's been with hockey in canada for long enough and he's a pretty well not not respected <laughs> but uh i think he's a big hockey name so oh yeah
1: um, well i mean in uh, canada growing not up, a very like cheap... Cherry, no no he wouldn't be cheap at all so like i mean in canada anyways he is like one of the most synonymous terms with hockey like yeah. Don Cherry and hockey go hand in hand yeah so it is it it is a big shock to the hockey world to see like this happening mm-hmm. but yeah
0: yeah I wonder what their um the future holds for both Don Cherry and for Coach's Corner if they bring somebody else in it seems like they've kind of been grooming Brian Burke a little bit
1: he seems to be the like de facto replacement he's got the same personality but he's a little bit more like reserved yeah, and like in tune with current issues and hockey, or they can bring back George Stampaless. <laughs> yeah, because i went all the Ron first McLean time. Would would probably have a hissy fit there.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, yeah. Like I, I honestly don't think that he's just gonna be done. I think he's either gonna get the job somewhere else or he'll come back in some fashion. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see, I guess. You haven't um, seen The Last of Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that That being said, though, maybe he will just kind of, you know, ride his horse off into the sunset because he's, what, like 86 or something? <laughs>
1: yeah. I feel like Who he's knows? too proud and too, like, stubborn and set in his ways to do something like that.
0: Oh, probably. Oh, Kuznetsov just had a pretty amazing try on a breakaway. Um, Yeah. I i don't know. It's... Uh, it's pretty shocking to see him
1: yeah. get get canned. Oh, I'm not like when I saw the when I saw the initial tweet, my jaw dropped. I was like, "Wow, they actually did it." Cuz based off of their their initial response over the first couple, well, I guess the first day since it happened, that they didn't really seem to actually care. I'm surprised yeah. they actually pulled through in the end and actually responded to it.
0: Did you see this thing where the um like I guess Rogers has like a complaint department? And they were basically being like, "What's it called?" DDoS by all of the um, basically. complaints. Yeah, so from people about
1: this. So many people have complained to the Canada Broadcast Standards Council, the CBSC, about Don Cherry's comments on Saturday that the system won't be able to accept any further complaints because they cannot <laughs> handle the quantity of complaints coming in. Yeah, so I guess a... that would be the equivalent of like. The FCC type stuff in the U.S. for when people swear on TV and you have to call it in. Yeah,
0: I think it, I think it that's just,
1: about an equivalent standard, equivalent uh, level of organization
0: there. I think what we saw is it became a a business decision. It wasn't a moral yeah. thing because if it was a moral thing, they would have came out right away and said, you know, we're we're dismissing Don over this. But oh,
1: it absolutely was a business. thing.
0: It became business because it was going to impact, you know, their viewership or maybe people were. Their
1: viewership so and their... Weird. Action. Um, I'm doing air quotes on now. Their reputation.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, their reputation. Like we we saw what so they actually care about
1: in... Yeah, we saw what they actually care about in the initial apology. Because all they said was, like, oh, this doesn't reflect our views as a company.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So... I don't know. Maybe we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> let's get back to some hockey news. Um, so the other big thing uh, this came out, I think, yesterday was uh, Felino getting suspended. Um, so Columbus captain um, was suspended for a elbow to the head of pierre Edward Belmar of the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, what are, What are your thoughts on that suspension?
1: I think it's a fair suspension. I think the hit was unnecessary, and I think it was dirty. And that's kind of the exact type of hit that I don't want to see in the game anymore. And when when you watch the replay, the the way Felino kind of cuts into him, throws the elbow up, and the upward force he gives himself into the contact are all like giant no nos for me watching watching hockey, watching contact in hockey. I guess.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that the elbow coming up is very dangerous, and mm-hmm. I'm I'd imagine. Belmar probably has a concussion because a he was hit in the head by an elbow and b his head snapped into the ice pretty aggressively
1: um when he landed it looked pretty bad Um, and we also saw that fencing response yeah exactly what looked like it anyways I'm I'm not a doctor but like the way his arms and and stick were held up after after the head contact on the ice
0: yeah it's indicative
1: of similar injuries
0: yeah, the fencing response—if uh, if anyone doesn't know—is uh, it's a common trope when people get uh, hit in the head and they have a brain injury—is that your hands kind of default to go in front of you, almost like they're you're blocking. Um, it's just kind of like a nervous system thing to try and defend yourself. And when boxers or you know fighters or hockey players get hit in the head, they they do that um and you see that all the time um it's pretty scary um to to thing to see um so hopefully belmar's okay i don't know um what happened in that game if he ended up coming back i would imagine no but uh i don't know for
1: sure um one other thing i wanted to ask you about the hit was do you think the contact itself was even necessary watching the way how how the two came into contact did Felino even need to like touch Belmar or Could he just skated by him?
0: Yeah, I mean it's well, like Belmar was on his backhand and he's dumping the puck in, right? Um something like that. I don't I don't think he was a it was a necessary hit. Um the other thing is like Felino like jumped a little bit and like clipped his skates and threw the elbow out. I think it was just a really unnecessary hit in general. Yeah. Um, really high risk, you know. Um, it kind of looks like he was looking at the puck a little bit, and then just tried to get into his like get into the front of Belmar because Belmar was like angled a little strange. I don't know. I think it wasn't really necessary, but that's yeah. the sort of stuff that happens. You know, hockey's a fast game. It's, it's tough. It's easy to break things down and to say like, how could you do this?
1: But yeah, you know, when you're well, that's, yeah, that's second, the other thing. It's like we can sit here and watch Felino in slow motion and be like, why did he do this? But it's a different thing when you're on the ice. I
0: don't think it was an it's, intentional um, uh, head hunt. You know, I don't think he was going for the head hit. I think it's just kind of yeah. the way that Belmar was, was on his backhand turning into where Felino was. It was just kind of a hard hit to line up, and he he kind of misjudged it, and he put yeah. the elbow right into his jaw. I think it was just yeah. unfortunate. Um, I so. agree with the suspension, though. I think it's fair yeah. um, based off of the. Yeah, so like this is kind
1: of kind of like a learning learning I guess a learning curve or learning experience for players as these types of hits get phased out, where it's like these types of kind of maybe borderline hits where you're kind of having trouble judging it going into it it's going to be hard for players to change their instinctual response on whether or not to make the contact or how to approach it. Mm -hmm. But stuff like this is kind of learning experiences for the players on like, okay, see that. And now the next time I get into a situation like that, maybe don't make the hit or like approach it a little bit differently.
0: Yeah. I mean, the onus is always on the player without the puck to hold up. Yeah. The person making the hit has to hold up. um, And if they don't, they're penalized, and he was assessed to five in a game for that, I think. Um, or a five-minute major, I guess, in the NHL. Yeah,
1: he um, got ejected. Five-minute in ejection, so.
0: Oh, yeah, five in a game ejection.
1: Okay, yeah,
0: fair. I think that was the right call and uh, the right suspension. Yeah. Like I said, I don't think it was intentional. It was just an unfortunate hit, but ultimately, Felino has to let up on that play because it's a really unnecessary, violent play.
1: Yes. Well said.
0: Um, moving on, um, I kind of just wanted to mention a few teams that are just buzzing right now, um, one of which is my Capitals, um, another is the New York Islanders. They've actually, both, both those teams have gone 9-0-1 in their last 10. So they've gotten a point in their last 10.
1: Yeah, I'm going to throw the St. Louis Blues in that uh, group as well, who are 9-1-0, and 0, and they're currently on a 7-game win streak. It's pretty unreal. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. The uh, Isles had ten wins in a row, didn't they?
1: Um, I believe they hit ten, and then then their most recent game against Pittsburgh was an overtime loss. Yeah,
0: yeah. So very impressive to them. There was a lot of question marks on if they were going to be the same defensively strong team um, under um, with new goalies. Um, You know, they don't have Leonard there anymore. And that was a bit of a question mark if Farlamov was going to be able to come in and help help out, but I think Thomas Grice has been uh, pretty unreal for them. Uh, I don't know if Farlamov's been exceptional, but I think he's been at least average. Um, so it's pretty nice that uh, Barry Trotz is is having the team. Yeah, succeed. so
1: I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just say that Grice has been slightly above average with a 942 save percentage and 1.88 goals against average. That's pretty good. So yeah, <laughs> slightly, slightly above average, slightly yep. above average. Um, also yeah, I would like to throw onto the Islanders that there were a lot of question marks around how they started the season because they were a bit slow as well. Yeah. That they, they kind of, they kind of stumbled out of the gate a little bit. They were hanging around, around 500 for the first four or five games there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then they hit that 10 game win streak and now they're back up to fourth in the league.
0: Yeah. It's pretty impressive. Um, and then I wanted to mention a couple teams that are not do, doing so great. Um, mostly, this is just our, our weekly shit on New Jersey segment. Um, <laughs> they're just—they're just really bad. They—they
1: <laughs> yeah, they don't have much going on for them at all. They I, don't seem I, to just have it like any chemistry, or they—they they don't look like a team, right? No,
0: they're definitely not Ottawa. Um, yeah, they, <laughs> they keep scratching Nikita Gusev, um, which is just mind boggling to me um considering they're not really scoring at least Jack Hughes is, is starting to get going a little bit but man i i think that uh i mean how many weeks ago is that when we we said that Hines is kind of on the hot seat now i think i think that she's going to drop a month it's got to drop soon if they're if they're going to do it
1: it's we're we're hitting that kind of mid november stage about just under a quarter of the way into the year and i think that's probably going to be the wake-up call for a lot of a lot of gms to start making the moves that they need to or that they've been sitting on for a couple of weeks i don't think uh heinz doesn't seem to be working out too well in new jersey with with this team and uh garbage i think part of it is just they had a lot of turnover last offseason and they're still trying to figure out how to work together as a team but that's kind of it's kind of what the coaches there are for to help get a system in place for everyone to play together
0: yeah i i just I don't know. He's, he's not doing a very great job with the team that he's got. Um, you yeah. know, they're struggling on the power play. Their penalty kill is pretty bad. they are just—they're just. There's there's some talent on that team, um, but they're just not making it happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I—I I mean, he's been there. What like? This is his fifth season there now. I think Heinz. I could very easily see him getting fired like today or tomorrow. Yeah, this
1: is this is season four. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah yeah you think like within the next week here next few days yeah
0: i th- I think so it's i think 30, they gotta yeah. do something pretty quick here um another one is uh De beer or De boer, however you want to say it
1: in, De boer, De boer. in san jose yeah.
0: um i think that his his leash is getting pretty short um i do too
1: they're they're not doing so hot they they um, haven't turned it around as much as they need to. I mean, they're on a three-game win streak right now, but they also did that before they went and or right when Evander Kane came back, and then they kind of lost a whole bunch in a row again. So that's not really telling of anything yet. But they're, you know, I mean, they're one point ahead of New Jersey in the standings, 15 points in 18 games. Um, DeBoer's had four, I think this is his fourth season as well in San Jose. And like, he did have that one really great year they went to the final, to the finals, but they haven't had any ultimate success yet. No, and with a team whose cup window is as close to the downswing as San Jose's, like they can't afford a season like this.
0: No, no, yeah. Eric Carlson is this this team was built for win now, and they made a lot of room for him to join the team. And I think that their depth really suffered because of that, and we're seeing that the consequences of that right now. Um, You know, they moved out a lot of guys who've been there for quite a while, um, and
1: yeah, we're seeing Carlson. the impact of like the loss of Pavelski and like the yeah. the loss of production from a guy like Joe Thornton. Is he no longer the, depth. 80 points, the eighty point guy anymore? Yeah, and Donskoy is huge depth for them.
0: Yeah, and then um, Braun and Ryan on the on the back end. Um, yeah, well, they their back end.
1: I mean, yeah, and like two, their two best, most notable defensemen are very poor defensemen. They're just good at getting points.
0: Yeah and Eric Carlson is minus 11 this year so far.
1: Um he has a lot of points though. He got yeah he's got 11 points.
0: It's uh I don't know. I think I think that uh Boer has a has a longer leash than uh Hines does, but um you know, there's there's definitely not an assistant GM on the bench yet in San Jose. <laughs> but um, I think it could happen pretty soon if they continue how about, to play around um, 500 hockey here. They, yeah. they... How
1: about in San Jose, how they've had how many years now to find like a better goalie than Martin Jones? Yeah, Jones has been bad. Um, He, he was good in the playoffs last year. And we're kind of like hoping maybe that's the turnaround for his career because he's kind of been, barely barely near average if not below average for two or three seasons yeah and he has not turned that around yet but they keep sticking with him year in year out they don't even bring in like a a high quality backup to kind of 1a 1b with him
0: yeah and with all that money tied up in burns and uh carlson that uh it's gonna be tough to do now um definitely i mean even in playoffs last year jones was bad and then good and then bad again Mm -hmm. it wasn't like he was consistently good he just right, because like he started. Was...
1: He started slow, and then he won them. He basically won them one of the series or one of the rounds, mm-hmm. with yeah, a, was... with a few really good games, and then he kind of struggled again later on.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, that's that's definitely a question mark for them. Is you know, kind of when they'll move on from him? Because I don't think Aaron Dell is ready to to be a starter in the NHL. Um, I don't know if they have any prospects. I think San Jose has a on a On the whole, kind of sucks with prospects. Like, they don't have a a pretty established pipeline. Um, bring guys up, I think they've got a few. Um, but, uh, other than that, I don't think they're really, they don't have a talent surplus. I don't have
1: have anyone in mind as a notable prospect for them, just off the top of my head, though.
0: I think the only guy is like Gambrell, and he's kind of in the lineup right now. So I don't Mm -hmm. know, aside from that.
1: Well, even, it, Um, it sucks even more because Ottawa's got their first round pick this year.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's really bad. So, which could be, you know, looks like it could be a a high pick.
1: (laughs) There, yeah, there's a very real chance.
0: Um, I know we sent out uh, an Instagram post about this, but uh, Dallas Stars. Yeah, turning that ship around.
1: They've they've had a good stretch here. They are turning it around slowly. They're sitting 500 right now points percentage.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And even even though. Their their star offensive players have not been producing yet, like Sagan and Roger Love have been still bad. Sagan's got like one goal in his last ten games or something crazy. Mm-hmm. They're still winning games and they're doing it with depth offense, which is a very good sign right now.
0: Yeah, and Ben Bishop's been pretty good too,
1: as expected. Yeah, he uh, after after the way he uh, played last season, they needed him to keep going with that, and he's done it so far.
0: Yeah, so there's there's still chance that uh, they can be the pick that I selected them to be. <laughs> There's still a yeah. chance. Um I was, I was a little dicey. There. Stay, stay out of the garbage <laughs> for now. <laughs> for now. Um,
1: and yeah, I mean they're only two three points out of a wildcard spot right now too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um is there any other Ended teams that um that you wanted to kind of briefly discuss a bit?
1: How about we uh we talk a little bit about how Toronto and Mike Babcock are utilizing their goalies after the news of michael hutchinson being placed on waivers today
0: yeah i know um bob mckenzie had a little bit to say about the about some of this um it's it's kind of like they were they're setting their their backup goalies up to fail because they usually play on night two of a Mm back-to-back that's kind of how babcock's been using them um and Mm -hmm. then everybody kind of acts surprised when the team plays like shit in front of him, and he lets up
1: some goals. Um, yeah. That happened so, to Sparks
0: and that's happened to Hutchinson now.
1: Yeah. And last night um, he ended up having an okay game by the end of it. But in the first period, there was a stretch where of the first eight shots of the game, Hutchinson gave up four goals. Mm-hmm. So the team was yep. down immediately, <laughs> which, you know, it's going to happen to every goalie, but it's not the first time that performances like that are happening to him. Or to Toronto backups, for that matter. We're seeing just like slowly, we're getting more and more indication of Babcock's inability to like adapt as a coach, where he's so stuck in his ways and stuck in like what he's done in the past that he can't see that okay, maybe it's not working, or maybe it's not going to be the best option for this particular situation. And he just does it because that's what he's always done. Because yes. I think I think his backup usage started back in Detroit when he had like Hashik and Osgood. Or like two really good goalies or something like that, where it's like either of them's gonna be fine in any game no matter what, really. Or he had a good enough defense to cover to cover a weaker goalie on a bad night.
0: Yeah, definitely had some some better defensive players. Um Yeah. I'm just trying to look up a stat. I think I saw something where the Leafs had like thirty shots in the third. <laughs> Didn't they have like an insane amount of shots? My
1: goodness. Um, Last night?
0: Yeah, because Leonard ended up having fifty three saves. Um uh, I can't find it, but um, you know, it's it's just kind of like the team didn't play very well in the first like two thirds of the game, and then then tried to pour it on at the end. But that's
1: not... yeah. So they do that thing where it's like, oh wait, we're playing hockey right now, and then all of a sudden decide to try and fix it.
0: Yeah, it's kind of rough. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's 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 like they're setting them up to fail. It's it's not not very great um no it's just just use anderson so much that your backup goalie never plays unless it's in a tough spot the second night of a back-to-back like he doesn't play what like like probably like 10 games in a row and then you throw him in anyone's going to be a little bit rusty because they're not getting that valuable game time right exactly and we've seen it a so, lot with goalies getting into playoffs and they're burnt out. So that's a very real risk for Anderson again. Um, exactly. Will he have the stamina to, to play
1: well in playoffs? And uh, over, over the years, as we've seen, most goalies don't. It doesn't matter who you are. That mm. after, after the goalie plays like 70, 80 games in a season, they start to wear out. Yeah. Like even, even the best in the league, like, they seem to do better when they play 50 to 60. Because then they're they're well rested enough through the year to make it through the playoffs at about the same level.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Poor Hutchinson.
1: <laughs> Basically. Um, so, so yeah, he's he's on waivers now. I can't imagine he gets claimed. I don't think anyone's looking for looking for a goalie per se, unless the Avalanche maybe want to pick someone up yeah. as as a better um, better option than I can't even Frank think of his Coos. name as a Frank Frank Coos, I think. Yeah. As a better option than him. Yeah. who I think he's been doing okay, but the team's been struggling a bit, so they might want to do a little shake-up without giving up too much.
0: Yeah, because Grubauer's hurt, too, so they might want somebody else in there, too. Um, so Exa- Kasimir, oh yeah, I forgot about
1: Grubauer being hurt.
0: Casimir Kaskisuo? <laughs> is that how you say it? Kaskisuo is coming up for the Marlies to, to be the backup in Toronto.
1: So um, have fun in the deep end, Casimir. <laughs> yeah. You know
0: yeah, have fun on night two of back-to-backs with the we'll team sure that, that you plays get to like play garbage Wattie in front didn't. of you and doesn't have any defense. Yeah, we'll, we'll play against uh, high-scoring teams.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, the only way to do it.
0: Yeah. Um, also, quickly, um, some other disappointing news coming out of Toronto is that Mitch Barner is going to be out a minimum of four weeks. Um Thanks, So,
1: <laughs> so they'll be putting him
0: on time. the LTIR um, which will help them when they have Hyman coming back up, because that was kind of a question mark what was going to happen um, when everybody was back ready to be in the lineup. They're going to have to move some people around.
1: Should I go grab my
0: tinfoil hat here? <laughs> or <are> we okay? <laughs> uh, I mean, we saw the injury happen. It wasn't like you saw on Island or anything. <laughs> yeah.
1: No Joffrey Lupul mystery illness. Um, okay so i'll I'll leave the tinfoil hat in the cupboard for now then yeah (laughs) we'll Um, save her for when marner's got to come back and then we'll see what happens yeah
0: yeah let's ltir marner so we can fit hyman into the into the situation Um, they need that grit though yeah yeah um this is good news for jason spezza because there was a lot of speculation that he was going to be the odd man out and that they were going to probably try and either just put him through waivers or trade him or anything because he's not really getting along with Babcock's system. Um, mm-hmm. He's never really been a super defensive forward in his career. Um, so to try and make him be a fourth-line guy now seems kind of
1: suspect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he could be a fourth-line guy just not in a Mike Babcock fourth-line. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Some teams some teams have like a more skilled fourth-line where it's just kind not of like some depth offense, but it's not Babcock. No, he's got to got to have a grindy <laughs> fourth line, which that yeah, like that is not that type of player, like you said. Yeah, he's
0: not a traditional fourth line player. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's kind of <laughs> shitty for the Leafs, though. The Marner has been, um, you know, he's a good good player for them. Um, to put it really obviously, um, yeah. You know, he plays well, like, power he, play. He plays penalty yeah. kill. He's he does everything. Plays some huge minutes. Um, and, you know, after that whole contract thing, it sucks that he's going to be gone for an entire month.
1: Yeah. And when the team, like, they've sort of just started to turn it back around a little bit. Um, it's, it sucks to see him have to miss the next month when they probably need him most to kind of keep things rolling a little bit here.
0: Definitely. Um, quickly, um, we were just talking about, you know, the stars not having their top line produce very well. Right. Um. I have a quote here that I found from Jim Montgomery. Um, so he was asked, "Are you disappointed with the scoring of your top players?" Montgomery said, "Very disappointed." And then he was asked, "Are you seeing signs of progress?" And he said, "No, are you?"
1: So, ouch! A little bit of frustration there. <laughs> so, that what's the over/under uh, on when uh, when Jim lights calls him out again?
0: I'd say two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, I, I, I think that's reasonable. I take, kind of a... I take uh I take the under on that <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's gotta be pretty soon so there's obvious frustration in the organization with the performance of guys like Sagan and Rajalov yeah Jamie so, Ben is on pace for
0: twenty seven points
1: to be okay for jamie ben <laughs> he's he's always been more of like a power forward that player type has been has seems to have a notorious drop off like once they kind of hit like their early thirties. So many of them just kind of drop off completely, like all of a sudden.
0: But nine point five million,
1: <laughs> you can't. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's kind of kind of rough. It um, is. It is, and it sucks to yeah. see because he was such a good player. Like what three seasons ago, four years ago, only one year at Ross.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, Hints is hurt, so um, they might have a little bit of more struggles with with scoring now. Um, but uh, just just quick note, Sagan. Ben Pavelski are the three highest paid guys on the team. Altogether, collectively, they've scored seven goals. (laughs) Rupe Hintz is on an entry level contract. He's scored nine.
1: (laughs) That's hard. That's hard to. It's surprising they're doing as okay as they are now in this stretch, anyways. But, um, damn, they really need those guys to to get it going right away.
0: Yeah. Uh, a bright spot, I mean they're doing they're they're winning and playing well. But um a bright spot for them is that Gurianov, uh Dennis Gurianov has come up. Um and he's he's actually been playing really well. Um he's like a bigger he's yeah, kind of he's like been, a, he's been a bright spot on their offense type player.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and he's he's been scoring um which is which is cool. Um so hopefully he can uh continue to help their offense out in the with a lack of um contributions from their top line. Um but when that top line does get going, they are scary. So uh <laughs>
1: watching yeah, watching those three like or I guess it's usually like Sagan and Radulov, watching those two in O T mm-hmm. is absolutely frightening.
0: Yeah, they've scored two goals that are like the exact same against the Capitals in OT. I, I can just picture it in my mind. It's just like Radulov yeah. going behind the net, passing it to Sagan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like and it's just the same and play,
1: pull. and it works because they're just so good and so, like, they know what they're so in tune with what they're doing that it just works no matter what.
0: Yeah. Um, so I, I have something that I want to ask you about. Um, yeah. Uh, Jesi Pulia yarvi said t- <laughs> today or yesterday that he wants to play 100% of the season in Finland. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see. If you thought that that was like new or just kind of, you know, saying what everybody already knows or what?
1: We, it seemed to be that that was going to be the action that was taken because Ken Holland is not rushing to trade Puyarvi and Puyarvi is not coming back to Edmonton. So the default assumption is that, okay, he's just going to spend the season over in Finland. But now that he's come out and said it, And I guess there's no question that even if he does get a trade and a contract in the next like three weeks until the December 1st deadline that he's going to spend the whole season there regardless, which I'm totally fine with (laughs) because I'd rather have, I'd rather have Holland not rush into taking an underpayment on him just to get him out of the organization for whatever reason, because he doesn't want to be there. It's like ultimately, ultimately it's, it's Holland's decision and he's not going to just make a reactionary move when I'm pretty sure he went into it with the mindset that he wanted to bring Jesse back into like a new, a new culture, give him a bit of a fresh start, and be like, okay, we're going to develop you properly, or start to develop you properly, anyways. And Yessie just kind of wanted like top six minutes, and it just wasn't <laughs> going to work in Edmonton.
0: No, and uh, me. That's I can't real imagine deal. too many.
1: Yeah, I can't <laughs> imagine too many other NHL teams are going to be able to give him that either. So it's going to be hard to hard to trade him for anything worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah, so I think he'll probably just sit this one out. <laughs> it seems like that. And to be honest, like he's doing well in Finland. Mm-hmm. Like I think he's he's one of his team's leading scorers if not the leading scorer, and I think it's probably a good year for him just to kind of find his game a little bit.
0: Yeah, he should be. He should be the leading scorer. <laughs> um so yeah, um, the Oilers are, are doing really well without him. So why change it, right? Exactly. Like you said, why rush anything because we don't need him. And uh, the only thing I can think of is if you needed depth to to call him up, but you know he's not going to
1: play in the AHL. So no, no. He, I think he made that clear. Like he wasn't he he wasn't willing to sign that if he knew he was getting sent down. Which is entitled. <laughs> A little Pretty bit. Um. Yeah. So he's he's never he's never exactly gotten a shot to prove himself but he's never actually earned it either. Yeah. So there's a, there's a little bit of a you can't just just because you are third overall or third or fourth overall pick or whatever, I guess third um or fourth. <laughs> I'm forgetting. Um yeah, just just because you are the overall pick, you don't yep. just get the minutes. And after 2 years, 2 or 3 years when he never really does a whole lot He's not just going to get the ice time.
0: I'm watching this game. Grabner scored a breakaway goal, and it wasn't shorthanded. That's kind of surprising. This is reality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, TJ Oshi with a huge assist on that one. Well, that's kind of everything I had on my list. Sean, is there anything else that uh, you wanted to go over?
1: I wanted to make one quick note about um, watching the play of Leon Drysaitel this year, since we're we we transitioned over to the Oilers briefly. God, I got to make sure I mentioned them a little bit.
0: Oilers, but talk. um.
1: <laughs> Yeah. Watching watching Leon Dreisaitl and his game and what he's doing now compared to in previous years. Um he's always been like a huge player with just an intimidating presence and um build on the ice. But this year he is finally learning how to use that that size to his advantage. And you're gonna you're gonna see it a lot when he's um playing around the boards that he will stop with his with his back out to the player that's trying to uh, attack him. Mm-hmm. And he can just block the entirety of the area around the puck. And <laughs> get around them just just by doing that. And he can protect it, the possession, maintain it, and just generate so much offense off of little moves like that to throw the guys and shake them off when they're trying to get the puck off of him. That it's, it's just such a huge addition to his game that is it's boding really well for him as he's, now, he's still leading the league in scoring.
0: Yeah, he's got like 32 points or something.
1: Yeah, something crazy like that.
0: <laughs> he is. I'm so glad I I have him on my fantasy team.
1: <laughs> I'm so glad that I was wrong. I didn't think he was going to replicate last year. I thought, <laughs> I so thought far, they were all so going to kind of regress with a new system. But yeah, no, I'm I'm so glad I was wrong on that. Don't
0: underestimate the impact of real deal James Neal, Sean.
1: No, not at all. I also forgot about Dry, which I can't be doing that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, there's no question. He has been one of the best players in the league so far easily if not the yeah um like i said my fantasy team thanks him for his services <laughs> he has been winning me games um so so yeah that's pretty cool um yeah is there anything else that do you wanted to go over i'm I'm pretty much tapped out here
1: i think that wraps it up for this week all right well so, um <laughs>
0: i'll let
1: you take it away again, uh thank you all thank you all for listening again this week uh, make sure to keep up to date on any content and uh, any things we post on social media you can follow us on instagram at clappercast media and on Twitter at clappercast and there you'll just kind of see any any content we post through the week any random updates on uh, hockey news that happen and whatever whatever fun stuff we decide to post so thank you all for listening and we'll see you guys next time